Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hi, everyone. It's Robin Openshaw, and welcome back to Vibe. Today, I have a really interesting topic, and I I told my assistant, go find Dr. Singer, because I've been... Re- referring to his work for a long time now. I'm super interested in what you're doing. Sydney Ross Singer got graduate training in biochemistry and got a master's degree in anthropology in 1981 from Duke University. And he went on to do three years of medical school at University of Texas and became one of the first medically trained anthropologists in the United States. In 1994, he founded and currently serves as the co-director of the Institute for the Study of Culturogenic Disease with his wife and co-researcher, Soma. This pioneering organization is dedicated to discovering the culture-based causes of disease. And so... Uh, Dr. Singer and and Soma are integrating biochemistry, anthropology, medical humanities, and medicine. And so Dr. Singer has made numerous medical discoveries into cultural causes of various common diseases. And what we're talking about today is a very controversial subject, but uh, I have recently gotten the book, Dress to Kill. It was published 23 years ago, but it's back now, a second edition, and it's called Dress to Kill, The Link Between Breast Cancer and Bras. And so we're talking about burning the bras, but we're not doing it like the original feminists did. We're talking about the health effects of wearing a bra. And so um, Dr. Singer and his partner, uh, Soma Grismeyer, did a bra and follow-up breast cancer study after their first study in Fiji, which confirmed their findings. And I think uh, you ladies who listen to the show and the men who love them really want to learn about this because it seems to me like one of the most preventable causes of breast cancer. So, so welcome to the show, Dr. Singer and Soma as well. Well, it's great to be with you, Robin. Thank you. Thank you. So... What gave you the idea that wearing bras could be linked to breast cancer? Will you tell a little bit about your own personal backstory? Uh, let, let's start with uh, my story. When uh, we were doing some research in Fiji years ago, um, it was on a totally different subject. I was, uh, we were on a very remote island in Fiji, and I was hanging up some bras on the line to dry. And a young Fijian woman came over to me and said, what are those? Uh, just curiosity. They'd never seen a bra before on this island. And um, I had to explain what it was and why I wore it. She asked that. And and I, I kind of, you know, well, wow, I just never really thought about it before. And then she pulled on it and said, well, isn't it tight? And I said, well, I guess it is, but you just get used to it. Well, about a week later, I discovered this scary lump in my breast. And we took off from Fiji, went back to California where we were living. And in a panic, not knowing what to do. I was pregnant at the time in my 40s and didn't want to go through the x-rays and all of the typical medical uh, treatments that you would have to immediately look at. So we started doing our own research, trying to figure out what in the world had caused this. And when we first got home, I took off my clothes to take a shower, looked at my breasts and (laughs) just looked at all those red marks around my bra line, you know, and, and 
that was a hint. And then thinking about the woman asking, isn't it tight? And Sid thought back in his medical school training and and realized actually, that actually it was vet school. Vet school, yeah. He was he was practicing pre-vet, pre-vet for a while. And that's how you um, castrate a bull is tie off its testicles with something tight, stop the circulation and it deteriorates. And so we started thinking about tight and how that could possibly be associated with the problem. And I'll let Sid take over from here because he can explain the uh, lymphatics and uh, circulation problems that could be caused by bras. That's the story I wanted is that you discovered a lump in your breast, you were pregnant, and so you started with a theory. You you started by saying to yourself, this seems like it might actually be bad for us, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, you know, constriction is a really bad thing for circulation. And when we saw Soma's red marks and indentations left by her bra, uh, we, 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 we had seen those every day. Everybody sees those who wears a bra. But we ignored them because you figure, well, that's just what clothing does to your body and you accept it. And you and you figure, you know, it wouldn't be happening. Clothing wouldn't be like that if it was hurting you. I mean, nobody ever thinks about that until you have a disease. And then you start to wonder, gee, and you look for clues. And red marks and indentations are signs of constriction. So then the question is, is constriction a good thing for your body? No, it's not, obviously. Has anyone looked at this? That's where we got really um, blown away by this because the most obvious thing to look at when you're considering the breasts and asking about disease is what are we doing to them? I mean, breasts are made to be healthy. They're designed by nature to, to do what they're supposed to, to feed children and to last a lifetime. And they're not supposed to be lumpy and painful and have cysts and develop cancer. Now, some people have a genetic tendency towards cancers, a very small percentage of the public, and about 5% of breast cancer is, is possibly attributable to genetics. But the rest seems to be lifestyle. And even the World Health Organization says, you know, most of our diseases are caused and death is caused by lifestyle. So you look at what do you do? And if you had foot problems, you'd ask, you know, if your feet were suddenly hurting you, you'd think, gee, what, what am I doing to my feet? Oh, yeah, I just bought a new pair of shoes that are kind of tight. You know, it's obvious when you think about an organ, what do we do to it? Well, when it comes to the breast, it's the bra. And when you see red marks and indentations, you're talking about constriction. And the first thing that gets constricted is your lymphatic system. Now, most people never even heard of the lymphatic system. And most doctors don't even think about it because in medical school, the training on lymphatics is maybe a few minutes. Um, It's actually the circulatory pathway of your immune system. Um, It it flushes fluid from the cells because all your cells are bathed in fluid in a matrix, a, a connective tissue matrix that holds the cells where they are. And there's fluid that flushes around them, delivering oxygen and nutrients and removing waste products. And also, so the cells are constantly flushing and flowing with this in your body with fluid. And the lymphatic system starts in your tissues as tiny vessels, tiny tubes that are microscopic that begin to drain this fluid. And it's a passive mechanism which is why it's so easily compressed and constricted. And um, and it, it's supposed to send this fluid to your lymph nodes. And it does it with one-way valves to keep it moving in one direction. And your lymph nodes for the breast are mostly in the armpit. 
So what the lymph nodes do, they're factories for white blood cell production. They're basically your, that's your immune system. And as it samples this fluid coming from the tissue, it looks for viruses or bacteria or cancer cells. And if it notices any of these, it mounts an immune reaction, produces white blood cells that go and attack the problem. If you impair this drain, and, and toxins that are in your tissues too, get flushed out by this. And by toxins, I mean, in our polluted world, everything we take in from our food, water, and air that's, that could be a potential um, hazard to your health, like plastics and petrochemicals and um, you know, pesticides and all of these things we take into our body, they, get, they course through your body and they get flushed out, hopefully, and, and processed by the liver and kidneys and, and you get rid of these things. If you constrict your body, though, once these get delivered to your body through your bloodstream by either eating, drinking, or breathing this stuff, uh, it gets stuck in the tissues because the lymph- if the lymphatics are compressed by a tight garment, the tissues are not properly flushing out. But the blood pressure is there from the bloodstream to still provide blood that has not only nutrients, but also these poisons. So the tissue gets poisoned, but it doesn't get the opportunity to easily flush it out. And they've just come out with new research conferring what they knew in the 1920s, which is that lymph stasis or stagnant lymph flow causes cancer. It's essentially tying up your immune system. So if you have, if you have an, a compromised lymphatic system, you have a compromised immune system and a higher rate of all disease, including cancer. And this has been shown now in numerous studies in dermatology, actually. Uh, but they knew this in the 30s. In fact, Robin, what what blew us away also with the new book is um, we were able to do research now since we wrote the first book that's easier to do on the internet. And we found that they knew about bras causing breast cancer since there have been bras. Back in the 30s, uh, Dr. John Mayo, who um, started the Mayo Clinic, he actually wrote in the Annals of Surgery that women in cultures where they don't bind and constrict their breasts with garments, they have lower breast cancer rates. He know, they knew, noted that exactly. And we even found a patent from 1950, which says it was for a new bra design. And it said bras are, are causing breast cancer. And our design is meant to stop that. But it was like widely known that bras were a problem and causing cancer. But that's been forgotten. And we have a huge bra industry and we have a huge cancer detection and treatment industry. So when you come up with this type of information today, where women are so conditioned you know, in the thirties, they a lot of women were still bra free, but today, uh, well, they're getting that way again, since we've been doing our outreach for 20 years, but they, um, you know, you're dealing with bras are so assumed to be normal and accept, you have to wear a bra that, that, um, the issue becomes difficult to promote because you have industries that are resistant. And it took 30 years for tobacco and cancer to be linked and 7,000 studies before the U.S. Surgeon General announced cigarettes cause cancer. And in fact, doctors were selling cigarettes in the 50s because they, they were, um, it was a smoking culture. So that's the nature of a culturogenic disease. That's what we do as medical anthropologists is we, we step outside the culture and outside the box and start thinking in creative ways and looking at what's really obvious when you think about it, but we're blinded to because we're too close to it. You know, the eye cannot see itself. We just don't know 
um, our own foibles because we're so used to them. We become blinded to the, you know, oblivious to the obvious. And when you step outside of your culture and you start asking like, well, why are we wearing these things? Gee, that looks tight. That could be causing a problem. Uh, you know, then you start to, to realize these are obvious things. But it's resisted, and that's why we're, we're we've been 25 years fighting this. And uh, now there are lingerie companies making new bras that are based on our research and our book. How's that for irony? They they actually are citing Dress to Kill and patents for new bras, saying that their bras won't be that harmful to your lymphatics. It's gotten rid of underwire bras. Now underwires are are selling way down and bralettes these like nothing bras are the new thing more and more celebrities are bra free for for health reasons they're getting this message and there are now studies around the world on bras and breast cancer showing the link that it's causing breast cancer but there's also resistance and the mainstream is trying to keep a lid on this so that's why you're not seeing this as headline news which it really needs to be well, it sounds like you are making inroads and it's too bad that it's taken 25 years to really land. And I still feel, I still feel from my own posting about your research and the findings are astonishing. We'll get into, I'm going to ask you for the specific statistics of what you learned about increasing uh, breast cancer uh, rates. The more you wear a bra, the long, the more you spend, the more time you spend in a bra during a day. Um, but I want to I, I want to thank you for your work. Um, it is because of your work. I stopped wearing a bra many, many years ago. I still to play uh, tennis or to run. I'll I'll wear a sports bra. Um, but besides that, I never wear one. I, I tend to wear form fitting shirts and I'm sure there's still some lymphatic restriction there. And we're definitely ladies, if you're listening to this, I'm definitely going to ask the question, what the heck about all the. National Geographic photos we've seen over the year. Aren't we going to end up with saggy boobs? Hang on. We're going to get there. But um, let me ask you this. Do you, you you say that there are people who are kind of using your work to revamp the idea of what a bra is and at least be less constrictive or whatever? I'm sure you have some mixed feelings about that because you're, like you said, a little bit ironic that it's like, wait a minute, I said no bras. Now you're making bras too. (laughs) So, but but, uh, how many oncologists are talking to their patients about this. How, how much in the mainstream is it to, to advise patients or advise people, women, especially um, preventatively to stop wearing bras? Like how, how, how is that being received out there in the oncology industry? Well, I think like every other industry, there are people in it who are just by the book, do what they're told. And then there are others who know how to think for themselves. And I've been told by women who've been t- who, who've uh, heard about this information fr- that they heard it from their oncologist, and you know, so more and more know it. It's uh, and some are actually promoting it, but others will just go to the American Cancer Society, which will say this uh, this doesn't even make sense. This should be ignored. And we, we did a study that shows it's wrong and just continue to wear your bra and come for mammograms. So th- there, there are people who toe the line and doctors are not, they, they have to conform to standard medical practice and they're told what to say. And the people who tell them are like the American Cancer Society that sets essentially, strangely enough, I mean, just one nonprofit, but they've become the standard. 
And if they say something, everybody listens. Even though they they they're, they get corporate donations and they don't want to alienate donors, which is why they they never like to argue against industry. Um, there's you know there's all sorts of politics in this, but the way it works is some doctors will tell and some won't. And I really don't have numbers, but I have been told by many women that their doctors, including oncologists, are telling them about this. Um, but you know. When, when, you, when you have a funding source like the American Cancer, Susan G. Coleman Foundation, and uh, the, even the National Institute of Health, the National Cancer Institute, they all are saying that this should not be researched. And uh, it's all controlled by, by the drug industry, of course, and there's, they don't like attacking industry because there'll be lawsuits like crazy, just like with big tobacco. The more studies there are to verify this, the more it'll stand up in court, which is what is scaring the lingerie industry and you know, the cancer industry is standing there with their pants down like, gee, why have we ignored bras all this time and saying this is nonsense? How are they ever going to back out of this and admit that after 20 years of denial, knee-jerk denial of this issue uh, and, and not even wanting, I mean, they, well, after all those years, how are they going to save face and say, oh, well, we, we didn't think about it that way. I guess maybe this is something women should be warned about. I mean, and realize, by the way, we don't tell women to just stop wearing bras. I mean, if you discovered cigarettes are causing lung cancer, of course, your first inclination is stop smoking. But then when you're dealing with an addiction like bras, because they are both a psychological and physical addiction, women go into the same kind of reaction about it where they're afraid that, you know, they're, they're, you're challenging something they're addicted to. So let's go to the results of your original bra and breast cancer study, because this isn't slight correlation here. These statistics grab your attention because they are so correlated. So let's go back to the 1990s and tell us what you learned. Okay, well, there had been up to that point, no real study of the bra and breast cancer link. So what we figured is if bras are causing breast cancer, then you'd imagine that women who wear bras would have a higher rate of breast cancer than women who don't. So we interviewed nearly 5,000 women in five major cities across the U.S. between 1991 and 93. And we asked them about their past bra wearing habits and behaviors. And what we found was that the once you over 12 hours a day of bra wearing, your rates really start to go up very significantly. Um, essentially, bra free women have about the same rate of breast cancer as men. And the longer and tighter you wear the bra, the higher your rates rise to where uh, women who are 24 7 bra users have actually over 100 times higher rate of breast cancer than a bra free woman. So these were astounding results. Um, essentially, three out of four women who sleep in their bras, according to our study, were going to be developing breast cancer. And uh, so it's, it's like this is something we felt needed follow-up. And we notified all the cancer associations and women's groups and the government, and everybody ignored it. They just they didn't even respond. They had no interest in this. Wow. which is why we felt we needed to get a book, uh, Dressed to Kill, out to the public so women can read it and make a, a decision on their own, an informed decision on, on how long and whether they wanted to wear bras. 
Okay, so recently you've done some follow-up research in Fiji and continue to find confirmation of this link between breast cancer and bras. Can you talk about what you've learned since then? Yes. So what we did was we um, we went to a culture where there's more bra-free women. So you can see more of a difference. It's easier to find, uh, find bra-free women. So we went to Fiji and we went village to village looking for cases of breast cancer and to see, you know, if they were in bra wearing women or not. And in fact, when we first came to Fiji, we went to the health ministry with our book and information and they were really excited because they said, this makes so much sense. Our working women are the ones now getting breast cancer. We never had it before as a problem and they never had bras either. But now because of the westernization of Fiji, of like all, all you know, second and third world cultures, they try to emulate the West. And what they have is their teachers and nurses and secretaries and people who work in resorts. Uh, those women had to wear bras. And we found, so you went to the same village where they're all related and they have the same diet, but the ones that are working in the resort or as, you know, that wearing bras, those are the ones who are getting breast breast cancer and other breast diseases. Uh, they were even being told by bra sellers there, by, by retailers, that the bras will prevent disease. They need a bra for support, so keep on wearing it. And they would wear them then 24-7. There was a huge number of, of women wearing them all the time, figuring that, oh, well, this is, you know, this is from Australia or, or United States. This is the way modern women dress. It must be great. And in fact, wherever the bra spreads around the world, breast cancer starts rising. I mean, if it's a bra-free culture, they have virtually no breast cancer. Uh, you know, men and women have about the same rates. I mean, men have breasts too. But it's once they start binding their breasts or with bras or they move, either their culture accepts it or they move to the United States or some other bra-wearing culture and they adopt the styles and fashions of their new culture, then their rates start to go up. So uh, it's, it was, it's really it's pretty clear that this was an important issue that needed further research. So we did our study and now other studies have come out, a lot of them in China, um, recent one in Brazil uh, in 2016. And the title of the study uh, is, which is in a peer reviewed journal and everything, it's, it's um, wearing tight bras for long hours a day increases breast cancer risk. And they actually were trying to measure the tightness as well um, because you know, different bras are going to be, have a different impact and you have to really consider how long and how tight. And what really is interesting. And one of the reasons for the resistance to this is that once you scientifically, once you understand this is an important variable, like smoking and lung cancer, which, which they ignored, you know, as I said, even in the fifties and sixties, um, they, once you realize this is an important variable, it puts into question all other research that ignored it. Like all these other breast cancer research that looked at women and their breast cancer incidents related to diet or whatever, act, physical activity. I mean, they do studies on even hair, using hair coloring. I mean, they've looked at all sorts of stuff, but they ignore the bra, the most obvious thing. And that means that all of those studies are flawed because you don't know in their groups which ones of them are wearing a bra. It's like doing lung cancer research and you, you didn't ask if they're smokers or not. So these, the, all the experts who have been doing these studies 
are resisting the fact that their study missed something. I mean, there's there's ego involved here. And, and even though scientists should be always open to new developments, um, unfortunately, they there's money at stake and grants at stake and um you know so there's resistance even from from researchers in the field because they have to defend their research that ignored the bras interesting okay so we if we establish that there's a connection between women who wear bras a lot and women who wear the most restrictive bras women who wear the underwire bras being the worst Let's talk about the pushback that I get from people and let's address some practical concerns. So we need to wear bras less. We need to wear different types of bras when we do. Um, Let's start with this whole thing that every time I post about your research, um, and like I said, I did a I did a Facebook Live where I talked about six things every woman should know about breast cancer that your oncologist will not tell you or doesn't know. Um, and one of them was about about your research. Everybody wants to say, yeah, but haven't you seen the photos in National Geographic? And, you know, here in the United States, we want to eat candy all day for decades and then not have uh, not have an impact on our teeth. And so we have all these fake things going on in our teeth, like, you know, root canals and metal fillings. And we've learned and we've discussed on this show before how uh, what the impact is of having these heavy metals in our mouth and what the potential impact is on our autoimmune disease risk and our cancer risk. Similar situation, don't expect the dental industry to come out anytime soon saying, hey, so sorry that millions of you have have uh, toxic mercury in your teeth. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. They can't. They'd be subjecting themselves to the biggest class action lawsuit in the history of lawsuits. Um, and you you alluded to a similar uh situation that you feel like in theory, at least that there are some industries who it's not in their best interest to, to highlight this link or to pursue it further. But you've told us you're not, you're now not the only one who's, who's connecting the dots here and is documenting that the more we wear bras. Yeah. So very similar to the dental issue, women want to look great. We want, we don't want our bodies to sag. We don't want the aging to go on. Uh, so what do we do? Is wearing a bra less a good first step? What kinds of bras should we wear? What do you think is ideal here when you consider that we live in the real world and it's not entirely social, socially acceptable for those of us who are well endowed to be walking around out in public without a bra? Well, you, you asked about, um, I'm going to let Soma address that issue um, as a woman dealing with this. And I just wanted to address the, the question you, you asked about um, the National Geographic women. Uh, it's interesting because we've heard that a lot too. And the thing is, in Africa, um, droopy breasts are not necessarily a bad thing. And they, they actually find it fashionable. And in some tribes, they hang weights from the breast to make them droop. Also, they wear, a t- some, pe- some African women wear a uh, type of baby carrier that has a strap so the baby's on your back and the strap goes across your chest on the front basically pushing right down on your breasts which probably isn't the healthy thing to do but the uh, that's that pushes their breasts down and they also nurse a lot of babies and um, that's going to stretch out the breasts too so now there are also pictures of African women with firm healthy breasts so um, the whole African National Geographic thing is is definitely, um, it's not what's going on. I mean, it, African women 
actually some of them desire droopy breasts. And in different times in history, I mean, that's important to realize. Breast shape has had, um, there are different aesthetics associated with it at different times. For example, in the 20s, the flapper look, um, where, where women wanted to look more boyish, they cut their hair into a short haircut and they pushed the breasts down. Large breasts were not desirable then. And they would wear a really tight wrap around their breasts, which was what doctors were recognizing that this is causing cancer. That's why in the 1950s, when they made the bullet bras, like Howard Hughes's type bras, um, where the breasts are projected forward, that was actually an improvement over the compression of the 20s and 30s. So some doctors hailed the new bra, and that's why that patent for that kind of a bra was saying, um, you know, bras cause cancer, our new bras meant to be, you know, better. So, um, yeah, so so now that we fast forward to today, and, you know, if you're going to, if you, when women get rid of their bras, by the way, they discover that their breasts lift in tone. They, they've written us about these things. I've, I've gotten lots of testimonials. Um, it's because the bra is creating an artificial, it's an artificial support. It's like holding your arm in a sling. And over time, this causes the suspensory ligaments in the breasts, that, that the Cooper's ligaments that keep the breast form, uh, these ligaments get weak. Their attachment to the, to the wall of the chest uh, gets weak and because of this artificial support from the bra. And realize girls are wearing that from puberty on every day uh, of their lives for hours and hours a day. So the breasts become weak, essentially. And when they stop, and they're also heavy with fluid because of the lymphatic constriction. So their breasts become droopier and heavy and sore. And that's why a lot of women keep their bras on all the time, because as soon as they take them off, their, bra, their breasts hurt. So they think, oh, I got to put the bra back on to support them. And, and if they actually leave their bra for a while... Uh, and breast massage would help in this as well, the breasts would decongest. And actually, as the fluid leaves, the breasts get more toned and they firm up and the the ligaments strengthen. And after a couple of months, they they feel like they have a whole new body and they try to put the bra back on and there's no way they could feel comfortable in that anymore. They, once you, once you stop wearing a bra, you get a baseline of, uh, of comfort, but I'm going to let Soma take over on this part because that's exactly what she did and, and, uh, and discovered. Right. Well, when I, when I first discovered the lump in my breast, um, I was in my forties, like I said, I've been wearing a bra every day of my life for 30 years and taking it off was difficult, but I had an incentive. We were worried about that lump and thought maybe this would help. Let's give it a try. So my incentive was there. And otherwise, though, psychologically, it was very difficult. I mean, I had already nursed a couple kids. My breasts weren't um, perky and, you know, the way they should have looked by, by standards of this culture. And so I felt very self-conscious, very uncomfortable. And... Um, but I had to do it. I was going to do it anyway. I, I kind of hesitated going out in public. I, I was just worried. But what I noticed was that most people didn't even notice. And if they did notice, they didn't care. And it was my body. And I started feeling better and better about it as time went on. After a couple of weeks of, of that discomfort, it started to to diminish. And 
I started feeling much, much better. My lump started to get smaller. And that was even more of an incentive to go on. And actually my breast did lift in tone slightly, even though I've nursed many children, four children now. And um, I can't, I can't, there was no way I could go back. Uh, I tried putting a bra on for a special occasion about two or three months later. There's no way I could wear it anymore. It was so tight and so uncomfortable. And my lump went away finally, and we were so relieved. And that's when we started our study and we said, we've, we've got to find out more and, and get this information out to women. This is important. So yeah, there's an initial discomfort, especially if you're used, if you're used to wearing that bra. We have been conditioned since puberty to think we need one. We've been brainwashed to think we need one. And women um, in this culture... If they think they need a bra, it's because of that conditioning, that that brainwashing we've had as a young child. And I think we need to realize that we are all unique. We have different shapes all over, including our breasts. And we shouldn't have to have artificially shaped breasts to be acceptable. And just feeling proud of who you are. And without a bra, you feel so liberated, so much healthier, and you can breathe more deeply, you can move better, and you you just become just happier and healthier. And I really, really want to encourage women to give it a try, but take a couple weeks to get used to it because it is difficult. If you've been wearing one every day, it's not going to be easy in the beginning, but be, be should, brave. <laughs> do you think they should go cold turkey or should they um, or should they just... Well, you know, there there are the new bralettes. When we first came out with our study, there wasn't much available. Everything was really tight, really, you know, the underwire was there. There was no, very few options. And now there are lots of options. There are little bralettes that are like little t-shirts underneath just to kind of cover your nipples, make you feel a little more covered and not so naked. So there are lots of options. If you feel totally uncomfortable without a bra altogether, then try that, at least in the beginning. And But the, the thing is, any bra, no matter what the design, can be too tight. You have to check your around the breasts after you take it off. Make sure there are no red marks and indentations in your skin, because that's a sign of constriction. You don't want that. So if you're wearing anything at all, no matter what it is, um, if it's too tight, it's not good. Okay, I'm, I'm really glad that you're covering these subjects because I did get some pushback from some ladies. First of all, they always want to know, well, what do you do, Robin? What do you wear? And I usually have a tank top or a cami on underneath a shirt, especially if I'm going out in public. But at home, I really just never worry about it. Um, and I'm and I'm home a lot and we sleep a lot and we don't need to be wearing a bra when we sleep. But I got a lot of pushback from women saying, okay, I'm on the big side and I, it's painful for me to not wear a bra. And so you've, you've covered that well. And I appreciate that. It reminds me of when people tell me who've been eating meat their whole lives and they start trying to eat a plant-based diet. They'll say, oh, my body needs more protein because I, I don't react well when I don't eat so much. It's like, well, you know, that's actually a transition. And if you, if you stick with it, you'll find that you actually will probably feel really amazing eating mostly or, or all plants. And so it sounds like this is very similar. I can't remember. I quit wearing a bra in my twenties. And so I really can't remember 
if there was discomfort involved in my transition, but it's really good to know that, you know, that is a temporary thing and that your, your breasts actually will tone and lift to an extent. Okay. We're not going to necessarily look like we did when we were 20, if we nurse four babies. So, right. Well, my, I've, I've got very large breasts too, not huge, but I would wear a D cup if I were wearing a a bra and um, my breasts are happy. They, they're not, perky. I'm, I'm in my sixties, but, um, they're happy and I'm happy because they're healthy. And that's, that's the most important thing. Which really raises another subject that we, we should touch on, which is that the breast cancer issue is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the problems bras cause, you know, the constriction of the lymphatics results in breast pain first. And there are tens of millions of women who suffer from breast pain like right now, at this moment. And it's because of their bras, even monthly menstrual pain. What we found is that, um, so when women, because your estrogen, your hormone level rises during part of your menstrual cycle, when to create, well, when your estrogen rises, it causes you to retain fluid. So your body actually gets a little puffy and, and women feel that and you swell a little bit, including your breast size. But if you're wearing the same size bra all month, it's going to be even tighter during that time. And then women get this real serious breast pain. And if they have cysts, which is this fluid, the lymph fluid, can't escape properly, it starts to back up in the tissue and can create a space for itself and form a cyst. And these lymphs, these um, breast cysts that women get uh, are mostly caused by bras. I'd say 90% or more are caused by bras. They even did it. Um, and so breast pain and breast cysts are the bigger problems in terms of the numbers of women. And then the end disease of all this, it starts to get cancer because the whole system is breaking down. If you have lymphedema of the breast, basically, this is, you know, for medical people listening, um, you know, you basically, the bra is causing chronic, mild lymphedema of the breast. And we hear about the term lymphedema a lot these days associated with after surgery and they remove your lymph nodes, Um, you start to get lymphedema and some people, some women are just in misery over the swelling in their arms and in their chest. And, uh, and, you know, surgery in general is being shown now to increase cancer rates because it, it just, it hurts the lymphatics. And then you, lymph, lymph issues result in immunity problems. So, um, you know, people with lymphedema have to wear these compression garments to try to squeeze the tissue down. Um, and, and that might sound contradictory, like, you know, if compression is bad for a bra to do to you, then why do these people who have lymphedema wear compression garments? And that's an interesting question. And the important point is that when your lymphatics are already messed up and you're ballooning out, you need to push down, get the fluid out. The problem is when you you need fluid to come back in to nourish your tissues. So if you constantly are compressing an area, you might push the fluid out, but eventually it'll deteriorate. You'll get ulcers and all sorts of problems in that tissue uh, because it's never getting fed. It's being compressed. You need to remove the compression once in a while. And I recently asked lymphedema people about women suffering from lymphedema about their their um what they do with their compression garments and so many of them are like leaving them on constantly 
uh, just to wash, they take them off. And of course, the end result of some of this lymphedema is cancer. It increases cancer rates. And, and it's like these, unfortunately, um, there's not much these people can do. Because uh, once your lymphatics are messed up, you can't fix them with surgery or drugs. Um, you know, it's like your drainage system is messed up. And you, so it's different circumstances. But interestingly, the bra has been used as a compression device because some doctors will erroneously tell women, if your breasts hurt, wear a snug bra um, you know, for fibrocystic breast disease to control the swelling instead of wondering why is this thing swelling in the first place, which is the bra. So we, you know, the, there needs to be a, a greater awareness that compression is really a bad thing, even though it's used in the extreme case of a disease like lymphedema, chronic, you know, major lymphedema where these, you know, that's another story. But when you're a healthy person with a healthy lymphatic system and your valves and your lymphatics are working, one-way valves to keep things flushing, you want to keep movement and you don't want to impair any circulation and even go there where, where you have like, you know, elephantiasis of your arm. So, um, Anyway, you didn't ask about that, but I think people need to know about that. So we're not just talking about breast cancer here. We're also talking about breast pain and breast cysts and back pain and neck pain. And large-breasted women, when they lift the breasts with a bra, are distributing the weight of the breast to their shoulders and back. But if you ever see these large-breasted women's shoulders, they have deep grooves from the bra. Imagine, and, and they're permanent. You remove the bra and they have these grooves in their shoulders. So think about how much pressure that is causing. And that pressure, by the way, cuts down on the nerves and impinges on the nerves going down the arms and can cause numbness and tingling in the hands and arms and weakness. I mean, you're compressing a nerve. So um, th there's nothing good about bras. They, they're purely for fashion. They make the breasts weak and droopy because of artificial support. They cause cysts and pain, and they prevent toxins from being removed and the immune system from cleaning it up, and ultimately can result in cancer. So then you ask, okay, how much should I wear a bra a day? If that's your question after this, then you probably didn't get it. It's like saying, okay, how many cigarettes should I smoke then? So obviously you want to like avoid these things if you can, but if you feel you can't because of work or something and there's a dress code, you need to challenge that because I'll tell you, if a man was forced to wear jockstrap at, at work um, for some reason, I mean, I can understand wearing a jockstrap for sports while you're doing it. If you want some extra, you know, testicular support, uh, but you know, you take it off afterwards, obviously. And if you keep on wearing these tight, they're known tight underwear causes infertility and testicular cancer. So um, there's, you don't want tight and except for maybe a little bit of time. Uh, so you probably want to pick activities that are good for your breasts that you can do without having to wear a bra that are still good sports like yoga, biking, swimming, uh, you know, you don't have to do high intensity like tennis or something that or bouncing. Although that said, there were athletes, there was a study done on athletic women. Uh, they were young, uh, like in their 20s and 30s, and they, they had them go without bras. And these women found it, at, once they got used to it, which took a couple of weeks, they found it much more desirable to exercise without a bra. They felt more comfortable 
and they um, they didn't go back to bras, and they also found that their breasts lifted and toned. Um, and then there was another study where women came into a breast clinic in the UK. They went into there for for breast reduction surgeries because their breasts were just hurting. And at this clinic, they did a study. A hundred women came in. They measured them for their bra size, and they found that every one of them was wearing the wrong size bra. They were all wearing them way too tight. And they actually fitted them for a, a better bra that was at least it wasn't as constrictive, and they didn't need surgery. And they found that, so the cause of this was the bra. And now in England, the National Health Service looks into bra size and fit when they deal with breast pain, um, instead of just referring people to surgery, they're finding it's much cheaper and more effective than cutting women up and reducing breasts and all of that to actually, you know, before to just look at the bra. So yeah, there's, it's, it's an interesting, it should be an easy thing. This should be easy. Um, the question is, why isn't it? Why hasn't it been? Why 25 years later are we still struggling with the most obvious health information and um, and still having uh, people ignore it in the mainstream? That's, that's the real question. Well, I think one of the exciting things about your work is that it's not that hard. This, of all the problems we have to solve with the war on cancer and with our bringing our disease risk down, not wearing a bra just isn't rocket science. Most of us can wear a bra less or not at all. I I only wear one when to 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 avoid wearing one will look rather obscene, and that is some pretty rare social uh, situations. Or as a as a competitive tennis player, occasionally. So. I want to put a fine point on Soma's story. You did not have a lumpectomy. You did not have a mastectomy. You did not have chemotherapy or radiation. And by removing the bra, did you do anything else uh, to change your lifestyle when you discovered the lump? Or was it just you stopped wearing a bra and over time the, the your body metabolized that, that too? Well, the, um, the main thing I did was remove the bra. I was already very health conscious. We were vegetarian. We were eating healthy, but, you know, I just, we focused on making sure I was eating nothing but healthy food. And we did some breast massage, which I think helps relieve congestion and maybe gets the circulation going and the, the immune system functioning. So um, the main thing, though, was the bra. And I'm sure that that's what it was because we've gotten hundreds and hundreds of testimonials from women who have very similar situations. And just by removing the bra, the lumps disappear. And we, we should clarify that we, since we didn't get it diagnosed, we, we can't say it was a tumor versus uh, like a cyst or something like a you know, lymph filled cyst. Um, so we're just happy it went away. However, we have gotten testimonials from women who've said that they did have diagnosed tumors and they stopped wearing a bra and that went away. And also um, we've had doctors tell us that they've seen breast cancer cases coming right along where the underwire hits the, the chest wall. Um, you know, the, the tumor, that's like the tumor line. And um, so they're, some of these doctors are pretty convinced it's the bra as well, because they've seen that. Um, so massage, I, I think that's something, again, we couldn't talk about 25 years ago, but breast massage is now, you can do a self massage and in some states, uh, if not, I know breast massage is still an issue. I mean, how's that for being backward as a culture mm-hmm. that, you know, 
breast massage is like is is taboo. taboo. It's you know, um, and 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 women don't even know how to do their own. So that's something to learn. There are videos on that that you could see on. It's pretty obvious. Just when you feel your breast, there should be no pain. The breast shouldn't have pain, and if they do, you, you know, you just sort of gently massage it out and let it flow. Most of the flow goes to the armpit lymph nodes. So you'd want to flush in that direction towards your armpits with gentle stroking. And because lymphatics, you don't want to, you don't do a, a heavy duty massage. It's very light. So that's something women could research for themselves and wearing the bra as little as possible, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, bra free is much more acceptable, you know, but then we have to talk about, you know, the two big points here, which are the left and right nipples nipples there's a nipple phobia in this culture that really is strange um i I don't know how you women feel i'm going to leave the conversation for a moment so the two of you can discuss nipples and what happens if god forbid a nipple shows (laughs) okay Selma, what do you have to say about that um uh, if if you're worried about that i guess the best thing is a bralet camisole you can wear a t-shirt men wear t-shirts you know wear a t-shirt under your clothing or you know there are lots of ways of dressing to de-emphasize the breasts and my favorite is um, a blouse with pockets in the front over the breast so it's sort of a double layer in that area but you're still hiding them i mean we men could be top free right. and have our nipples erect and it, it you know it doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter and you women have to still matter. you're mitigating you're still yes, mitigating i know but but to start with in some women's minds i mean it's difficult to go from a bra every day since puberty to nothing at all and i understand you know i was there i've been through it um so taking it stepwise can help you know you just wearing camisoles t-shirts whatever yeah, but part of it also is that i supported you doing this yes so men need to support their women please yeah it, men have to be part of this i mean i think this is a good question when you do wear a bra robin do you do wear it for you do you wear it for for your viewer for men i mean why do we you maybe don't even think about it and and soma too i mean why yeah, it's are you really, it's really the it's really the issue of uh, social acceptability. There's really no other reason. That's right. It's the culture, the, the impact. Well, of how the do we change that? Because until we change that, this issue is going to be resisted, and women should be up in arms that the cancer industries are having them dance in the streets and wear their pink ribbons and do all sorts of things for them. And they're holding from them this information saying, this is absurd, don't listen to them. Don't look at the man behind you know, the screen. They don't want them to know about this. And women let them get away with it because deep down, they're more comfortable with their bra because they've been so conditioned to feeling that way. If they can break free of the conditioning, then the medical industry is gonna have to accept that, you know, that they need to do more research and start warning women that this is a problem. And, uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, we've been, we've been as anthropologists, you know, we're trying to understand how to transform the culture to get it past the stupidity that keeps women bound in bras, keeps nipples like, you know, these evil little things. You can't even nurse a baby in public because that's somehow considered crass or, or, you know, worse. And, you know, we need to get past this whole breast phobia and obsession and 
um, you know, the bra is actually a fetish. It's a fetish object. I mean, it's ironic that some women who don't want to have the attention on their breasts and are fearful of being without a bra are willing to wear a bra, which brings attention to your breast. I mean, you're cupping your breasts for some reason. Making them into an artificial shape. Yeah, it's, 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 so we need to address this cultural issue. And I think, I, I think it's happening slowly with, um, celebrities that are willing to be bra free in public more and more. And I, I think even things like breast tattoos and the whole culture of showing your breasts. I, I hate when women pierce their nipples. It's such a bad thing to do as well as tattooing, but the doing of that is making them go away from bras, but they're still fetishizing the breast. They still have to use the breast as like a fashion accessory. And then you don't even own your breast. Your viewer owns your breast. You're doing it for them. And women have been conditioned to feel that way. They have to, that's why they'll even get implants. And that's what scares me too. Some women are going to rid of their bra. They'll droop. They'll say, oh, I can't look like this. My breasts aren't up to my throat like they used to be. I need to, you know, I need to get implants. So they're going to opt for that, which is a whole nother nightmare. Uh, and the whole thing is a body image disorder in the first place, which is what we have to be addressing. Well, this has been very, very interesting, and I appreciate you coming on our show to educate us about this. People can buy your book, Dress to Kill, the second edition. You can get it at Amazon, or you can get it from your local bookstore. Anything that we've missed that you want to share with uh, followers of the Vibe podcast before we go? Yes. Um, well, they can also get more information from our website, which is brasandbreastcancer.org. And you can enjoy, you can join um, our international bra-free study, where we are um, getting a cohort, a group of of bra-free women, who are going to be followed for the next ten years to show that you know see if they have lower rates of breast cancer as we anticipate, and to be available even for other studies that need to have bra-free control groups so that uh, research can actually progress responsibly in this. So, you know, go to the website, brasandbreastcancer.org, and you could see where that study is, and you could see our book, and you can see references, and, you know, the whole thing. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the research that you're doing and the way that you're advocating for and helping women worldwide. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Sydney Ross Singer and Soma Grismeyer. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Robin. 